the North Dakota legislature continues to give us things to talk about. Hopefully those things that we are talking about are going to die, and hopefully some of the things we're going to talk about today are going, are going to pass. Uh, and one of those uh, is Senate Bill 2140. Now, there's an issue out there, and and how many of you know someone with diabetes? All of you, right? You know someone with it. And, and in many cases, you may not know that they have it, but they do. Uh, and it's a real issue because there is no sympathy, no heart, no soul in the people that provide the insulin that's needed. And I had a chance because, you know, the the insulin bill, which is Senate Bill 2140, you're going to hear words out of any, you know, people that, that will do anything for the pharmaceutical industry. They'll, they'll use words like socialism and, you know, it. I mean, it's ridiculous, but you've got to hear the stories from the other side. I was sent a letter. Uh, by Erin Conroy. Uh, the the letter, I wasn't sent it by her, but that's who is the author of the letter. And there's a story here. There's a story here. I looked at Abby and I said, we have to get that story out on air. And Erin joins us right now. Erin, good to have you on News and Views. Thank you, Joel. Yep, um, this is Erin. And uh, my son is a type 1 diabetic. Yeah. And and here's what you did so well in this letter is you brought it all to today's era. You did. And I know it, it isn't good for any of us if you read this letter. I mean, the, the letter is in-depth and it's and it's three pages with research that went went into it. Actually, it's four. But Aaron, highlight what your message was, if you could, in that letter, because to me, going back to the 1900s is something people need to hear about. Yeah, um, so it's a fascinating history. Um, my great-grandmother, who I met and knew, um, I always thought had been raised in an orphanage in New York with her two siblings, uh, who were both girls. Uh, during uh, some genetic research because of my son's type 1 diabetes, I learned, in fact, that my great-grandmother, um, who went by May, actually had three siblings who were boys uh, who had all died in Scotland. And they had all died before the age of five. Um, and back then, it was called failure to thrive. It wasn't called type 1 diabetes. Uh, and they all basically slowly starved to death. Um, and after the death of his three boys, as well as his wife, shortly thereafter, my great-great-grandfather immigrated to Brooklyn, New York, with my grandmother and my great-grandmother and her two sisters. Um, and then you fast forward a couple of generations, um, and my brother Kelly uh, became a type 1 diabetic at the age of 9, uh, or I'm sorry, 8, uh, and then a, a couple more years later in, in here, uh, my older brother was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, but he was in his 40s, uh, and then shortly thereafter, my own child was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. It is a, a gene um, that runs in the family. Um, but luckily this time, those three boys are alive. Um, and that's because of, of insulin. Insulin was developed in 1921 and the developers of that product refused to, um, put their names on the patent instead having the university of Toronto put its name on the patent because they believe that insulin belonged to the whole world. 
I mean, folks, can you take in what she just said? The inventors of insulin, the people that studied it, that researched it, that found what it can do, refused to put their name on it because they thought it belonged to the whole world. And so they they used uh, the University of Toronto. Now, here's the thing that goes along with that, right? The, the companies now providing it could care less. And and get into the finances of this, Aaron. J- just speak to that, if you would. Yeah. So, uh, interestingly, I think that um, pharmaceutical companies nowadays, um, there is a difference in the insulin that was developed in 1921 and the insulin that exists now. Uh, it used to be that insulin or human or animal insulin had to be developed with the use of, of organic bodies, I guess is what I'll say. Insulin now is synthetic. It works much better. We can control and and it's dosing um, more appropriately for the for the patient. Um, however, despite the fact that patents continually have run out on synthetic insulin, uh, really these pharmaceutical companies have begun to start a business not really of synthetic insulin production anymore. It's more about patent extension. And they have continuously sued or kept other pharmaceutical companies out of business that want to develop the patent-free insulin or what we would call the generic insulin. And they have really engaged in a campaign to artificially inflate those insulin prices. So a a vial of insulin, um, which contains 300 units of, of insulin, is can cost anywhere from $300 to $600. The cost to develop that product is about $6. So we're talking about thousands of percentages in terms of profit. Even if we were to cap insulin in North Dakota at $25 or $35 or in some states even $100 a month, uh, the companies would still enjoy a 500% to even 1,000% profit. Aaron, you broke down in your letter. You got right down to and put pen to paper, and, and you broke down expenses. Um, do you have yeah. your letter in front of you? I do, yeah. So, okay, I, um, I do as well. Of- but I, I, I want you to, to just explain to people, because when I see this, when I saw this letter, we've, we've tried to do that and explain to people many times how people don't get ahead in this world, you know, and they don't understand this expenses and people of far more means how they need to realize the expenses that an average person has. If you could go over those expenses. Yeah, so I used um, the the average annual income of a median salary in North Dakota, and I actually uh, went through to the I, I did the whole process of what this person would pay in taxes. So the average annual income in North Dakota of an individual that is unmarried is thirty seven thousand dollars approximately. Um, that person uh, would have a net monthly income of about twenty six hundred dollars. Uh, And then I use statistics from either the Census Bureau or from publicly available sources, and I got the average cost of rent, which is about $700, the average cost of groceries, which is about $300, utilities for $130, gasoline to go back and forth from work, $230, uh, health insurance, $335, a vehicle and insurance for that vehicle for $837, 
a phone bill for $80, and then personal care and miscellaneous, which is things like your laundry, your laundry detergent, toilet paper, stuff like that, uh, $361. That comes for a total monthly budget of $2,900, just about, or just about $3,000. Um, so the average annual income in North Dakota is a net monthly of about 2600 but the total monthly budget just to live in North Dakota is almost 3000 So there's already a gap. Right. Um, for a person with type one diabetes, and I used my brother Kelly as an example, and I have his permission to to talk about it. Um, his he has health insurance. He works for a political subdivision in the state. I'm not going to say where, um, but his insulin price was three hundred and eighty dollars a month. Now I checked starting this year, and this year it's two hundred and forty two dollars a month. So it has gone down a little bit, but. Last year, it was $380 a month. Uh, and my question for these lawmakers is, where is he supposed to get this money? I I don't know what to say to that. If I were one of those lawmakers sitting in the chair, I don't know what I'd, I would say to that. Um, it, he didn't cause it. It isn't his fault. No, no. I mean, yeah, th- th- this, is, this is called life. I mean, it's it, it, okay. What is the status of Senate Bill 2140 as we speak. Where is it in the process? I'm really glad you brought this up. I watched the committee meeting probably five or six times yesterday because I couldn't believe the comments that were made. Um, This bill isn't a Democrat or Republican bill. It was put forward by Tim Mathern. And so, yes, a, a, a Democrat sponsored it. This bill was written by a group of moms that whose kids have type 1 diabetes um, and who know that this is, this is a travesty that people are p- putting out, you know, hundreds of dollars a month to survive. And there were a couple of comments during that committee meeting that um, were shocking. Um, first, the treatment of the bill was very blasé. Almost, I heard the description from from one mom who said it was jocular, right? Like, oh, this bill again. And it just wasn't given the treatment it deserved. Um, And then there was a comment that was really interesting to me by these folks that, you know, when are we stopping with these chronic conditions? How far are we going to go with these chronic conditions? Listen, diabetes isn't a chronic condition. It is a terminal illness. And if diabetics do not have insulin, they will die. This isn't other chronic conditions, and I'm not going to diminish them by saying chronic conditions aren't worth talking about. They, they are, but diabetes is not a chronic runny nose, right? This isn't um, something that you can live with but be uncomfortable with. They will die without this product. Aaron, stay with me. Uh, I, I want to get to Too Tall Tom, but I have to tell you, there's so much more to talk about here. You know, just just the thought of, you know, this bill again just repulses me. I'm sitting here looking at uh, the letter during the break uh, in the history of uh, Aaron Conroy's uh, uh, family, going back to the 1900s to her great-grandmother and what they did as they immigrated from Scotland uh, to Brooklyn, New York, and you know, young boys not knowing about uh, diabetes, and, and next thing you know, we lose them because of that. And that that has gone on and on and on in their family, and then, then working through the fact that, that insulin can 
let you live instead of you will die from this, as Aaron pointed out. Um, now we're down to costs. We're down to availability. We're down to all of that. And Aaron shared this on Senate Bill 2140. Before the break, Aaron, we were talking about the status of 2140, and, and you seem to feel in the committee it didn't have very much support. It did not. Uh, in fact, one one lawmaker actually commented towards the end, um, why should we put polish on a turd? Because the parents who, who, who did had that? drafted the do you, do you have Kristen names? Rohr said that. Yeah, Kristen Rohr said that. Uh, and the thing is, is that the parents who drafted this bill were willing to work through the objections of the, the folks who voted no. In fact, they had approached them at one point because a, a similar bill uh, was drafted and, and submitted last year. And those parents went to the no voters and said, how can we get you to buy into this? How can we get you to work with us? And at some point, I won't name names, but one of the senators actually said, I'm not voting yes on anything a Democrat has offered. No, 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 no. You've, so, you've got to say, I mean, how do these are people that are listening to you right now who can call their constituents. Kristen Roars is from one of the richest families in all of North Dakota. To make a statement like that, to make a statement, to make a statement like that, Abby, you look up her phone number uh, for us while we're sitting here having this conversation. Kristen Roars is is a person who was fortunate enough to be born into a family that has more money than almost everybody listening to this right now. And she said, "What did she say? Put makeup on a turd." Why would we polish a turd? is what she said about the bill. Uh, and then there was this 4-2 to two no vote. And the discussion in the committee lasted less than 10 minutes. There was no effort to talk about why their objections to the bill existed, what they were. The other, the other item I want to bring up and, and that I think is really important is that this price capping idea isn't anything new. Almost half of the states in the United States have passed a similar bill. This language was taken from some of those other bills. There is plenty of empirical data to support the idea that price capping works. And without regulation and downward compression on these pharmaceutical prices, on a product, by the way, that should be available generically. So here's my problem, Joel, is that if if Republican or conservative lawmakers um, are in favor of the free market, if this is truly what they desire, this isn't the free market. The free market would support competition. It would support a generic product. That's not what we have here. We have the opposite. We have a monopoly. So philosophically speaking, the Republican lawmakers really should be the ones supporting these bills the most because this is going to put downward compression on the pharmaceutical companies to bring those prices back in alignment with true competition. Erin Conroy, our guest here, uh, her family dealing with uh, the, the the pain and the struggles of diabetes and, and obviously the expenses. Uh, her, her brother gets up and goes to work. 
goes to work each and every day, does his job, and still can't get ahead in life because of the costs. And uh, we're sitting here in a nation where the costs of insulin are higher than many other nations combined. And I'm not talking about because of population. I'm talking about because of what we pay per individual. And obviously, people are going to use the word like socialist when it comes to this, but it's easy to use the word socialist when you're Kristen Roars. And you know what I would say to Kristen Roars? In terms of socialism, you know, maybe when the public is putting tax dollars into your housing projects, that's socialism. Maybe, Kristen, and let's find out what she and the others get from the pharmaceutical industry in terms of donations. Aaron, stick around. We're visiting with Aaron Conroy, Aaron's family, uh, dating back to the 1900s, having just a tragic history of what diabetes has done to it. And now we're sitting here in a situation where, um, you know, we're talking about a bill, a piece of legislation, something that can actually bring North Dakota into the place where over 50 other uh, percent of states are, which is helping families with the cost of insulin. Instead of these, I would say, (laughs) I don't know any other way to put it. They're, They're stealing. Uh, Some of these companies are stealing, and this bill would stop that. Now, Aaron, I think it's best described by you. What does the bill do? So the bill caps insulin at $25 as as a $25 monthly copay, and that really is essentially it. Um, There were some different formulations of the bill, uh, for instance, that it only applied to private payers, it didn't apply to self-funded programs, and and some other nuances that obviously we would love to get rid of, we would love to have a universal cap. Um, But this bill was a step in the right direction, because without some sort of guardrails up to put downward compression on the pharmaceutical companies, we're we're never going to get there, right? They're going to keep taking advantage of these, you know, sort of patent extending tricks that they can engage in uh, to keep the price of insulin high. Remember, the insulin market isn't really a free market, right? These people have to have this product to survive. They have a captive built-in audience from which they can extract money. So without some sort of regulation, they will keep doing that. So, I mean, and this is something Abby and I will work on. I give you my word, Aaron, we will. We'll try to point out how some of these legislators are voting versus the money they're receiving from the pharmaceutical industry. But have you looked at some of that? Have you looked at why uh, these individuals have the motivation they do to do what they do? I would be a millionaire if I knew the answer to that. Um, definitely the impression that I had um, from the most vocal opponent, which was Kirsten Roars, um, was was really an impression of this just doesn't matter. Um, obviously, I took that fairly personally. I'm a lawyer by trade. I try to keep um, my emotions out of things. But when it's your child, that's pretty tough. Uh, and it certainly was one of like, well, this just doesn't apply. The, the exact quote I believe that she used was that the, the margin of people it would affect was, quote, slender, unquote. And, um, well, when your child is in one of those margins, uh, it doesn't feel slender. It feels pretty, pretty important. And 
I don't think that that is a good reason for why Republicans and Democrats should or should not sponsor bills or vote for bills. Uh, Kirsten Roars just got done um, voting against a trans bill, which maybe only affected a couple dozen people, but she didn't have any problem voting on that. Uh, So I'm not sure why the type 1 diabetes insulin bill, all of a sudden, the amount of people it affects becomes important. Uh, I did note that Kristen does have a significant, not insignificant amount of of contributions to her political campaign from pharmaceutical companies. That's my point. I mean, everybody's sitting there listening right now going, why? Why, if other states are doing this, won't North Dakota look at doing this? Why, why if Canada is sitting there saying, oh, wait a second here, don't get yourself, you know, you don't get that greedy. And they're saying, well, Canada, that's socialism, Joel. And, and why, why in the world wouldn't we look at some of the other things that involve people's lives? I mean, it, this one's pretty easy. Aaron, this one's pretty easy, and the facts and the numbers were presented by you. Uh, and, and I guess I didn't know you were an attorney, but it kind of makes ma- sense now that you're an attorney because that letter made the case. I'm sitting here looking at uh, Kristen Roars and, and you know her, her bio, and it is just really hard to hear from a person like this when there's absolutely no compassion, no anything. And she's a nursing and a, and a clinical services consultant. I mean, that's what she does, or that's what she's supposed to do. So for whatever calling she had in life, <laughs> it, it was simply for the profit of it, for the, the upper. I don't know how you deal with this, Aaron. It, 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 the bill right oh, now, yeah. got it, do not pass <laughs> out of the Senate Human Services Committee, right? Yeah, it's a do not pass. It's very unlikely it will pass. The letter went out to every single legislator in North Dakota. Um, I did get three responses, uh, one from my own senator, uh, Sean Veda, who intends to to vote in favor of passing the bill, Um, Tim Mathern and and Josh Boshi. Nobody else responded to to my letter. Um, and, or other inquiries. I also sent a, a copy to Governor Burgum, and I hope that that gets his attention. Um, you know, I think what is most difficult about this is that, you know, my brother, Kelly, um, who has had diabetes from the same age as, as my own child, it, it isn't just the diabetes, right? Um, it, it comes with a host of other chronic issues later in life. And without the support system of his family, um, I'm not sure where he'd be. Um, and, and I know that not everybody has a family like ours that can support him and let him live rent-free or help him purchase a vehicle. But even then, you know, he is living a mere existence. He can't save for a house. He can't buy his own car. He can't save for retirement. Um, he can't take his child on trips because he has to pay this exorbitant amount of of money every month just to survive. I'm going to give you folks a number uh, at, at the end of my interview with Aaron. I want you to grab a pen, grab your cell, whatever, uh, and I'm going to repeat the Heck, I'll give it to you now, and I'll repeat it at the end. Here's the number, and it's a cell number. It's 701-566-0340. That's 701-566-0340, and, and that's Kristen Rohr's number. I want you to call her. I want you to ask her why she said that. 
I want you to ask her why she won't vote for this. I want you to ask her how much money she received in donations to her campaign from the pharmaceutical industry. Those are fair questions to ask. Why anyone would be that insulting in a committee? Why anyone would be so glib when they, they, they have been fortunate enough to inherit as much wealth as she has so she doesn't have to worry about the breakdown that Aaron gave us in regards to the average person out there and how they're forced to live? You know, wh- whether they're working in public service, whether they're, as her brother is, getting up every day and going to work in jobs that Kristen Roars never even thinks of doing but just complains about if they're not done. And so I'll I'll give that number again, Aaron. You know, for me, I, I've been there. I've done it. I've seen it. And I it, they, they think it's going to fly below the radar. It's easy for them to kill it. But it shouldn't. And that's that's what we try to do here on new, on news and views. I'm assuming this is in the Human Service Committee, or, or where is it at? Uh, this was in the Legislative Council Committee uh, yesterday. It, I believe the Human uh, Services Committee had already um, made its decision, and I don't know what the vote was there. Okay. Well, again, Judy Lee's a good one to talk to there. Uh, Judy Lee has headed up that committee for a long, long time. Uh I don't know how this can be partisan. I don't get that. I, I mean, I would guess, knowing that the the larger number of North Dakotans are Republican, that when you look at it, there's a larger number of Republicans that have diabetes. I mean, th- th- this this amazes me, Aaron, that they won't look at what other states have done. I, I think that's my my big problem as well. Uh, again, as a lawyer, right? Uh, my my life is evidence based, and in looking at the data from the other states, uh, it's clear that that these caps work. Uh, it isn't just, and I think the the main comment that I hear is, well, why should the state be subsidizing you know a pharmaceutical industry's profit? Well. That's a temporary issue uh, because what we're really doing by implementing this legislation, which, again, is really pretty small, right? It's a small number of people that are affected, but we're putting downward compression on those prices with sort of the, the signal to the pharmaceutical industries, we are paying attention. As a, as a government, we are going to step in to protect these people because you can't keep price gouging them. And it does have the effect of guardrails. For instance, when the old bill was implemented last year, my son's insulin is now a $5 a month copay. Well, why is that? Because Blue Cross Blue Shield kind of went, Ugh, right? The government's paying attention. It wasn't $5 before that bill was implemented. It was really expensive. And, uh, you know, I have the benefit of being a lawyer. My husband's in the oil industry. Uh, we were not going to let that impact our son's health. We would make whatever, you know, budget constraints we had to make, right? Um, but other people don't have that luxury. Uh, but now our, our monthly insulin bill is $5. We have other expenses related to insulin, pump supplies and things like that that cost a lot. Uh, but, but at least insulin can, can be affordable, right? Maybe we can't make all those other things affordable, but let's take a step in the right direction. Uh, and, and this is what this bill does. It does get their attention. And the policy arguments against it really are ineffective when you look at it from that direction. 
we did make progress last year because we got the attention of the Sanford plan. We got the attention of Blue Cross Blue Shield. They lowered their uh, co-pays and, and that was, was beneficial. So we could be getting these companies' attention if we would start passing these things. And, and I don't care whether Kristen Roars is a, and, and she's just one. I realize that, right. but she's the one who said what she said, uh, which is exactly why I think it's important for that one. And believe me, if you get that one's attention, ladies and gentlemen, that will get the rest of their attention. Uh, now, Aaron, I have to ask you this. Do you know uh, what legislators receive in regards to the benefits of being a legislator? I don't. They get their health insurance paid. I know, they get paid. North Dakota PERS, right? That's right. So, they get their health insurance paid. They, they don't have to worry about health insurance. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's absolute. And here's the other thing. Have, you know, Governor Burgum, please let us know if he gets back to you. I mean, he's testifying about horses in the Teddy Roosevelt Park. And I, I'm glad that, that we're trying to keep wild horses in the park. I get that. This is more important. This is yeah. more important. Aaron, yeah, thank you for coming for on. Diabetics. Is there anything else you want to say before you go, Aaron? Uh, no, I. but I just want to thank everybody for listening and, and, and paying attention to this issue. And I want to thank you, Joel, for, for letting me come on. And um, in lieu of having a rage stroke, which may have happened if I didn't get yeah. to get some of this information out there. Well, it's clear that we're going to lose this one. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to make sure people know what they did. Here's my pledge to you, ladies and gentlemen. It's easy. We'll go on the Secretary of State's website. We'll find out what this committee uh, and the rest of the people in the North Dakota Senate received from the pharmaceutical industry. We will. Uh, we'll find out. It's called research, and we'll do it. Aaron, good to have you on News and Views. Thank you. Thank you, Joel.